each time you enforce your written agreement, you're actually doing a loving act by helping to demonstrate an important lesson that that person needs to learn. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another mini episode of For the Love of Money episodes that I like to call My Two Cents. And today I'm going to be weighing in on the age old question of should you give a refund? So, this is really aimed at all of my entrepreneurs out there, or really anybody that serves anyone with a product or a service in the customer service world. But the bulk majority of my listeners are entrepreneurs. And this episode, I got to be honest, is going to become your end all be-all, decision-making, empowering set of guidelines so that you know you never have to panic over this situation again because that's what happens. When people ask you for a refund, you panic. You see, I coach a ton of entrepreneurs in our masterminds, in my one-on-one coaching, when I speak, like you name it. And one of the most common questions that I get is, when should I give a refund for my product or service? And when should I hold my ground? Right. And it makes sense. It makes sense that this is a great question because the reason why you guys struggle with this, the reason why most entrepreneurs struggle with this is because it deals with so many triggers, so many triggers like money mindset, self worth, boundaries, integrity, worrying what other people think of you, reputation, you name it. These are like the ultimate triggers. Somebody asking you for a refund is like the tsunami of feelings that are going to come rushing at you at once. And so you immediately default to thoughts like, what if this person says I screwed them? Or what if they talk bad about me? Or you know, what if my product or service really isn't as good as I thought? Or maybe I should just avoid the conflict and give in. Or if I'm a nice person, then I should give them a break, right? You name it, all of these emotions, all of these questions come rushing in whenever somebody comes to you and says, I want a refund. This list of questions and fears goes on and on and on. And you know, as we've already talked a lot about on this show, if you make a decision from this place of panic or fear, it's never going to be the right decision, right? If you make a decision from a place of panic or fear, it's never going to be the right decision. So I wanted to share with you our personal set of guidelines when it comes to giving refunds or not. I'm telling you, this will free you up so much. Our personal set of guidelines when it comes to giving refunds or not. Now, first, first and foremost, your product or service has to always come from a place of extreme quality, love, and a place of being of service. Let me repeat this. First and foremost, your foundation, your baseline, everything about your product must come from a place of extreme quality, love, and being of service. Not only is this the only acceptable way to operate from integrity, but it also acts as a source of your power when somebody asks you for a refund. I'll explain a little bit more on that in a bit. Now, in addition to this approach, 
I suggest that you adopt a, co- a company culture of being extremely customer service oriented. Like be the Nordstrom of customer service. And if you don't know what that means, there's an awesome Harvard case study out there that's become legendary for what above and beyond customer service looks like. You guys should just Google it. Google Harvard case study, Nordstrom customer service. It's an awesome case study. Always error on the side of the customer and be proud, be like proud of having this industry leading refund policy. Now, if this is your approach and if you delivered exactly what you promised, and hopefully even more, and there weren't any hiccups, there weren't any mistakes on your part in the delivery of your product or service, then you do have the absolute right to stand behind your written refund policy. As a matter of fact, you'll find out later, you're obligated to stand behind it. And that brings us to point number two, your written refund policy. You must, and I repeat, you must always have a written refund policy on your site and during checkout and if it's a major product or service in a contract that they sign. For example, when somebody joins one of our masterminds, take our entry-level one, Fast Foundations, for example. When somebody joins Fast Foundations, we have a really cool, like customer-friendly, well-defined refund policy that is on the main site while they're checking it out. Matter of fact, it's so good, to be honest, we actually use it as a sales benefit. So there's a little side tip for you. But it's also in our terms and conditions section on all of our sites. And again... They see it at checkout. And finally, it's in a contract that they have to sign when they join. Matter of fact, as an example, I say, go check it out for yourself. Go to fastfoundations.com, our entry-level mastermind for entrepreneurs. Go to fastfoundations.com and check out the refund policy when I say it is clearly written, customer-friendly, and very clever. Now, if you don't have a well-defined, highly visible, customer-friendly refund policy then you're not going to know what decision to make or how to feel when somebody comes to you for a refund. You see, that's where the confusion, that's where the uncertainty, that's where the fear and the disputes come from. They come from the fact that you don't currently have this well-defined, highly visible, customer-friendly refund policy. So the customer's confused and thinks they're right. You're confused and wonder if you're right. It's a disaster. But when you have a strongly defined set of guidelines and boundaries, then you know exactly where to draw the line between good customer service and being taken advantage of. Because this is the other side of the coin, folks. And and this is where it gets real important. If you're going to go far in business, this is where it starts to get real juicy. That word, boundaries, brings us to number three, our next very important guideline. Once you have these set of guidelines in place, they become your unbreakable Boundaries. Now, this is where a lot of you mess up. And thus, this is where a lot of your stress comes from. You see, the reason why you need unbreakable boundaries is so that all of your customers get the same treatment. It's where the confidence for them to invest in you comes from. It's where your good reputation comes from. And it's where your certainty in decision making comes from, is by having these unbreakable boundaries that are consistent among all customers. You see, you need these unbreakable boundaries because customers will. They will try to take advantage of you. That's just the world we live in. We all know the person who buys a dress 
leaves the tags on, goes to the wedding or the event, and then returns it after wearing it. We all know that person. Guys, that's stealing. I don't care how you justify it in your head. That's taking advantage of somebody. Just because they're a big corporation, oh, it's not going to hurt them. No, that doesn't make it right. So why should we, as entrepreneurs, fall victim to people like this? Matter of fact, we also all know the customer who invests in your product, then buys other things as well, a, a new truck or maybe you know, another product just like it or whatever it is. They, they don't know how to manage their money. They get themselves into a financial bind and then they come to you for the refund so that they can get some financial relief. In this case, they are out of integrity for treating you like a savings account. What do I mean by treating you like a savings account? They do not get to make a deposit with you by buying your product, use your time, your money, your intellectual property, your service, and then come get that money back out just because they went on vacation or bought a new car or their furnace broke. No, their financial ineptitude is wholly independent from your product or service that you delivered with integrity. Let me repeat this. Their financial ineptitude, their financial situation is wholly independent from your product or service you delivered with integrity. People ask for refunds for the craziest of reasons. Like their spouse gets upset. Oh, I need my money back. They get buyer's remorse. They make dumb financial decisions. They fall victim to self-sabotage, like getting scared or hitting upper limiting beliefs. The list of why people will ask you for a refund outside of your policy goes on and on and on. And here's the crazy part. Here's the crazy part. Each of you listening will become more and more successful. And when you do, these refund requests come in more and more because people's perception is that, oh, they're doing great. They can afford it. And I'm in a tough spot. So no big deal, right? So the great irony is the more successful you get, the more these refund requests will come in that are outside of the guidelines that you all agreed on. I mean, take our example, like you name it, Bliss Project tickets, mastermind memberships, money principles courses, aligned courses, you name it. We get crazy requests for the craziest of reasons. I had somebody ask for a refund from a mastermind stating financial hardship because while they traveled through Europe on vacation. No joke. Like on their Insta stories, they're traveling through Europe, bragging about their vacation, asking for a refund due to financial hardship. Eh, ain't gonna happen. I've had somebody ask for a refund because they ran up credit card debt on other things and then put themselves into a financial bind. Sorry, that's wholly independent from the product or service I offered. We've had people ask for requests saying they're simply scared to show up and change their mind. And all of these things will happen to you too. So know this. Know this, entrepreneur. Each time you enforce your written agreement, you're actually doing a loving act by helping to demonstrate an important lesson that that person needs to learn. Each time you enforce your written agreement, you're actually performing a loving act by helping to demonstrate an important lesson that that person needs to learn. Let me be clear. A customer who asks for a refund outside of the written policy is the one who is acting outside of integrity, not you. A customer who asks for a refund outside of the written policy is the one who is acting outside of integrity, not you. It's unfair 
for them to break that contract that you all agreed upon when they purchased your product. And notice I said someone who asked for a refund outside of the written policy. If they ask for a refund within the guidelines of what you put out there, what you each agreed to, then they're well within your rights and you should you know, give that refund immediately with a smile and pat them on the back and love them and appreciate them and the whole nine yards. I'm talking about anyone who asked for a refund outside of your written policy. Think of it this way. When a purchase is made under a set of written guidelines, well, that becomes a contract. It's a contract that you and the buyer are agreeing to. Now, a customer acting outside of these guidelines that they've agreed to when they made the purchase is the exact same as like going flip mode. It'd be the exact same as you taking their money, but then not delivering the product. Like, oh, sorry, we got too busy, so we're not going to put on this event. <laughs> right? In both situations, we're violating a written agreement for the exchange of money that took place. As my wife, Lori, always says, and I love this. She says, listen, without abiding by contracts and our word, what the hell do we have left? Without abiding by contracts and our word, what do we have left? And the answer is nothing. We're all screwed at that point. These boundaries are there to keep the peace and to keep the system running. You don't get to pay for college, get your degree, end up not using that degree, you know, work in a totally different field, and then go ask for a refund years later, do you? Of course not. So why would you let people do this to you with your product? Now, for all of you, quote, good people out there with your loving hearts, I put myself in that category too. So let's talk about wanting to be liked. Let's talk about wanting to do the right thing. Because this is where you'll start to sabotage yourself as a business person, right? You got this great big heart. Let's say you're tempted to give somebody a break. Let's say they've asked for a refund outside your written guidelines because, well, they're in a tough spot. And, and so you say, okay, I feel bad for you. Sure, I'll give you a refund, even though it's outside the guidelines. Now, in the moment, it might feel like the right thing to do, like you're being a nice person. But you always have to play the movie to the end. So check this out. Here's what happens next. Let's say you give a refund to that one person because you think they're in a tough spot. But then the next person who comes along and says, I'm in a tough spot and asks you for a refund, you say no because you don't think their tough spot is as good of a reason or as real or as tough as the last person's. Now you are the one who is automatically acting outside of integrity. Because you don't know how significant one person's tough situation is over another's. And you don't get to decide that case by case either. And here's what's worse. By refunding one person outside of your guidelines, but then not the other, you've now set precedent in the court of law when you've refunded that first person. If you don't honor that similar situation for the next person, you can now be held liable and be sued. Matter of fact, it could also be spun as prejudice or discrimination like accidental discrimination. You just thought you're being a good person to somebody. All for trying to be the nice person. But most of you don't think this far. Most of you just act with your emotions. You just feel like being a nice person one day and maybe not so much the next. And you think it's innocent. Consistency and precedence is everything in when it comes to business law. So here's another scenario to protect yourself from when you're, quote, being the nice person. When you have strong boundaries around refunds, then you'll be consistent and everybody will know whether or not they can ask you for one. But when you don't and you make an exception here and there, well, people talk. 
When one person gets a refund after using your product, they tell the next person. And when that law of diminishing returns kicks in, meaning it was new and shiny this month and six months later, it wasn't as exciting. Then that second person gets the idea that they too could get their money back because person one did. So now they have the courage to ask. And then they tell the next person and that person asks. And they tell the next person and that person asks. And you yourself has now, have now started a domino effect of refund requests that you have to honor because all because of the one exception that you made in the beginning. See the importance of having these boundaries and sticking to them? And guys, here's the catch. These are usually good people who are in a tough spot who wouldn't normally put you in this position. In fact, when I used to run a ton of branches in banking, we always have to do these. We had to do these investigations uh, when somebody would do something wrong. And every time we do the investigation, it would be a good person who got into a jam and had a temporary lapse in integrity. And because these are really good people, they're asking you for these refunds. And because you're a really good person too, you feel guilty by enforcing your guidelines. But you simply must act as a business and not a charity. Unless you're a charity, that is. So as a reminder, as long as your foundation is one of extreme quality, love, and being of service to everybody else that you serve, and as long as you have well-defined, agreed-upon, written refund guidelines at the point of purchase, then I must say, you work way too hard and offer way too much value to allow yourself to fall victim to other people's temporary lapse of integrity. You'll never get ahead doing this and you will never make it in business. So you have a choice to make. Are you going to have these written guidelines and boundaries and stick to them? Or are you going to continue to make emotional decisions here and there? If you come from a place of quality and integrity, have clearly visible written refund guidelines, and then enforce those boundaries with consistency, that's when your business will take off. And that's also when good people who make good money are then able to do great things. And hey, listen, if you liked this business lesson, like if this reached you, then this is just the tip of the iceberg regarding what Lori and I teach and what we lift the curtain on and what we guide you on for entrepreneurs in our masterminds. And I've got some awesome news for you guys. You ready for this? Lori and I decided to do another round of Fast Foundations entry-level mastermind for beginner entrepreneurs. How cool is that? It's like the first one was such a hit and so many businesses exploded. I'm not kidding. Somebody had their first $40,000 month. Somebody had their first $100,000 week. Like you name it. These are people that had beginning businesses from zero to 499K. And so we had to do it again. Like it was an obligation. We had too much fun working with everybody in this range. And so we are doing a second round of Fast Foundations. We are secretly opening it up because here's the deal. You get two different in-person three-day events. So it's six days in-person with us. You get two Zoom calls per month and a custom video training library for everything that you need to be taught that hasn't been taught to you. We are... Obviously, you heard last time, you saw last time, priced it way below everyone else's masterminds, way below our normal profit margins so that all the up-and-coming entrepreneurs who want our guidance can actually afford it. And so the good news is this. We've proved that it works and we've proved that it was a smash hit. The bad news is this. Over half of the last class renewed for this one. 
So over half the spots were taken up immediately before you even knew we were doing a second one. And they've all, they're already referring their friends now because they get a small referral bonus. So now all their friends are taking the additional spots. So listen, the spots are quietly going quickly. This is the first time that I've announced that we're doing this on a podcast. So go immediately to fastfoundations.com and check it out. That's Fast Foundations with an S at the end. Because guys, if you are a beginning entrepreneur from 0 to $499,000 and you need to learn lessons like what we talked about today and everything else to get the momentum that you've been wondering why everyone else has it and you don't, this is it. This is the five months to changing your life. Go to fastfoundations.com. Check it out. There's even a place for you to book a 15-minute discovery call with me if you have questions about it. And hopefully, I will see you guys in person in just a couple of months. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.